0: hey y'all and welcome back for episode 8 of black horror i'm your host angel and i'm so excited to dive right into this week's movies movies Why well, i say movies i guess plural this week's movie jeepers creepers 2 released in 2003 and directed by victor salva all right let's get into it y'all So before I even start, I have to say that the names of the characters in these, I keep saying these movies, what in the hell? And I think because I'm thinking of Jeepers 1 and Jeepers 2, even though I'm only talking about 2 right now. Either way, the name of the characters in this movie, who thought of this shit? Like I always pull up the cast list whenever I do, you know, a recording just because I'm horrible with names in a movie, in real life, in a book, doesn't matter, I, I'm horrible at remembering names, so I always pull up the cast list and I have it right next to me as I'm talking, so I can, you know, hurry up and reference it, and I'm looking at the names, and these names are just, and I, again, I get to this early 2000s, but these names are nuts, okay, Minxy. I could almost understand Minx, but come on now, how, how, how many people are just naming their kids Minx, and even more than that, how many kids are just named Minxy out here in the world? Very few. Izzy. And I could see if the real, like if the character's name was Isabelle or whatever, Isabella, whatever, what have you. And then the shortened name was Izzy. Sure. But the guy's name is Izzy. Like that's the guys. And then it's a guy. How many guys do you name? I mean, how many guys do you name? How many guys do you know up with the name? Izzy and then Scott and I know I'm taking like I'm I'm sort of reaching with this one but Scott there are certain names well no I forgot I keep forgetting this early 2000s because I'm about to say who I, I've I've never known anyone named Scott and I get I'm just talking from personal experience but certain names it's like who still has these names who's still naming their kids these names Keith Scott I almost want to say Richard but I do know a few Richards but Keith and Scott who has these names? I'm almost at a loss for words. I'm honestly a little bit stunned. These names are just so weird. Dairy, Derry. I just well, oh wait, I'm stupid. I just thought say, oh my god, Derry was from the first movie. No, and I completely forget he, there's a flashback. I'm tripping, y'all. The point is, the names are a little bit nuts. The movie starts off, you know, given the groundwork for what Jeepers Creepers One laid down that for 23 days no 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 yeah for 23 days every 23 years at Jeepers Creepers which I wonder if that's his real name like I'm sure he's eating brains so I'm sure he has thoughts and he can think and I wonder why he doesn't talk maybe he only talks to himself but anyways where I was going with that was I wonder if he you know what if he what if his name is Charles or what if his name is Doug that's another name that you rarely hear these days but what if you know like jeepers creepers like that's how the humans know him but he really goes by like Derek or something also another name that you rarely hear these days but anyways (laughs) y'all I feel like this is gonna be a trend now because I'm just really thinking about all these names that you rarely hear and that people rarely name their kids and it's so weird to hear them but anyways like I was saying the rules that for, like I said, 23 days, every 23 years, Jeepers, Creepers, or Charles, whatever his real name is, he gets to eat, he gets to hunt, and I would love a Jeepers, a, Creep- a Jeepers, the Creepers, God, what in the hell, Jeepers, Creepers, original movie, like, just to see his origin, like, where he exactly started, how long has this been going on, because in Jeepers, Creepers 3, which is a travesty. It's it's truly horrific and not even in a good way. You know, I love my bad movies, but that was just not even so bad. It's good. It was just so bad. It was horrible. Don't watch it unless you just truly have nothing else to do with your free time. But in Jeepers Creepers 3, for some reason, the whole town knows about Jeepers Creepers. Like I'm pretty sure I remember that they have like a horn like you know how they have tornado alarms they have a jeepers creepers alarm in jeepers creepers Street. like every 23 years they're like oh well he is risen like he's fucking demonic jesus and they ring the alarm and like people are just used to it and that would almost be a cool concept if they didn't have the village idiots like okay if you have this monster that wakes up every 23 years and gets to eat, maim, kill, torture, whatever the fuck, for almost a whole entire month, wouldn't you put him in an unopenable box? Why not put him in a vacuum sealed, whatever the fuck? Why not literally saw all of his, like, appendages, like, and wings and head, everything, saw everything apart? So I guess he would have to try to find his other parts before he, you know, actually started killing or um, break every bone, literally crush everything in his body to dust. Like, why are they just letting a monster come back and kill their town? Maybe that's their form of, you know, population control. But and well, now I feel like I should have done Jeepers Keepers 3 for the fucking episode. I might come back and do Jeepers Creepers 3 because that one is a wild ride and yes it's horrible but it gives me so much to talk about because it's just so crazy but back to Jeepers Creepers 2. They lay down the groundwork, they tell us the rules, and we see that this little boy named Jackie, he's up in a field, looks like a cornfield, he's up putting up the scarecrows, wiring them up, and it looks like his whole family, which consists of him, his brother Jackie, and his dad, are getting ready for their first big harvest. I'm not a farmer, so I'm guessing that's what they're doing, but he's putting up the scarecrows um the dad is trying to get his little post puncher which i don't know what that does but he's trying to get it ready trying to get it working and apparently the big brother jackie messed it up and you know they're talking they're fighting arguing like brothers men and you know well i'm gonna say humans but mm, men brothers especially do they're arguing getting on each other's nerves And there's three of these scarecrows that he's trying to put up. And he sees that once he gets to the second one, he, you know, happens to just look over at the third one and he sees that it looks like it's moved its head. So he's like, what the fuck? And he's looking at it and, you know, it definitely has, of course, more features than his typical scarecrows. You can see the outline of a face and a nose versus the other ones that are made out of, you know, just, I'm sure like corn or, you know, they're just plain or plain bags with clothing on them, but this one has the outline of a face, and you know, he has a stomach, and you can see the pants are more intricate than the ones that his typical scarecrows have, and what does Billy do that every white person does that I've talked about in this podcast? What does white little Billy do? He goes closer to the danger because it wasn't odd enough that your third scarecrow now has a fucking face it's not odd enough that your scarecrow just looked at you and pretended to look away no that none of that is to run toward safety i.e your house your dad your brother your dog that's barking because he obviously sees or senses something is wrong too no let's just get closer to the fucking thing of course And now that Billy is almost within arm's length, he sees that his fake third scarecrow has hair that none of his other scarecrows has and has have. And also it has talons for toenails that none of his other scarecrows have. And at that point, that's suddenly enough to make him run. Not the fact that it had a face, not the fact that it looked at him it has talons, and it has hair, now he's convinced, again, now that he's within almost arm's length of the creature, because he doesn't know what it is, now he's officially scared, and he's like, you know what, it's time to get the fuck out of here, now my life is worth living, let me run to safety, or try to run to safety, And as he's running, of course, no one sees what's going on. His brother, Jackie, is under the truck fixing the engine, doing something. His father, that was so concerned about the post punch, is indoors doing nothing with the post punch. And as Billy is running a country mile, finally he starts calling out. And I almost want to say that I get that you'd be too scared, but the first thing I would immediately do if I saw this monster in place of my scarecrow, I'm screaming. I'm going to scream bloody murder and then I'm going to start running. Hopefully in the moment I would do both, but I know me and I would probably scream first and then start running. But either way, he literally got... It had to be more than 20, 30 steps of running before he finally called out to his brother. Like, that's the first thing. I, I need someone to see that someone is chasing me. So then I have better a better chance of someone trying to save me if they know that something is on my tail. He's just running. And like I said, finally, after it has to be at least 30 some steps, finally calls out to his brother. And Jackie being the worst big brother that he is, he doesn't give a fuck that he's calling. Like, uh, does he not hear his tone? Like, you should be able to sense in someone's tone, whether they're just like, like, oh, hey, Jackie, what's up? Versus, oh my God, Jackie, Jackie. Like, someone should be able, and when I say someone, I mean anyone, should be able to differentiate between the tones, especially if someone that they know, they're close to, they love, such as a brother. He hears his brother screaming for him. He calls his name at least three times, but I want to say it was actually four. Calls his name three to four times, and it's not until he just screams in, like, shrieking and sudden pain, because at this point, the creeper has pounced on him. That's when he's like, oh, shit, and gets from under the truck and tries to look out into the cornfield and sees what happened and sees, you know, what's going on. Like, bruh, did you not hear in his frantic tone that something is not right or you just didn't give a fuck like he's god he's a horrible b- big brother and i hope he was riddled with guilt for the rest of his life which he is or it seems like he is by the end of the movie but he deserves it like bro you should have heard you should have known and not only that you should have not been that mad over like they were fighting about the post punch but um you should have not been that mad over the post punch that you ignored your brother screaming for you for help you're a dick but anyways after billy screams in pain here comes jackie finally and also here comes his father out of the house or it looks maybe the house or the shed of some sort it comes out with a shotgun which You heard your son screaming and it's only when he shrieks of pain you come running out with the shotgun, which I get maybe you had to have time to get to your shotgun, but isn't that the point of a gun? You need to be able to quickly access it when you need it. You shouldn't have to be, it shouldn't take four calls of your son screaming and then a final shriek of him in pain for you to finally come out running. That's all I'm saying. So finally, Billy starts screaming again and now Frankie and the father, they're running into the cornfield. They're like, Billy, where are you? Where are you? He's still screaming. At one point, they get right, well, not right behind. They're like a little ways behind the creeper, but they see the creeper. He has Billy. He's dragging him by the hair, and he's running down this row of the cornfield. And dad's in front with the shotgun. Frankie's right behind him. I take the shot. Like... I get the shotgun shells I get that they spread so there's a good chance that Billy would have gotten hit with pellets of this shell but I'd rather take the shot and possibly stop the creeper either stop him make him drop Billy or I mean I'd I'd attempt to do something because I mean even if okay worst case scenario you shoot Billy at least he doesn't get tortured and eaten to death by the creeper i mean it's a very thin (laughs) silver lining but it's there but i mean like i said i'd honestly take the shot like that would be worst case scenario but best case scenario at least he'd either stop and billy would be saved and possibly you know he might have you know a couple bullet wounds but he'd be he'd live i'm sure he'd live and or Second case scenario, he drops Billy because, okay, he's putting up too much of a fight. Fuck it. Like, let me drop drop the kid and try to get somebody else. And that brings to question the first, from the first movie, I believe it was Derry, or was it Derry or is it the psychic lady that was like, is he gonna fight harder because this is his last meal? Or... Is he going to give up easier because it's his last meal and he wants he wants to ensure that he feeds one last time? Either way, like I said, if I was a dad, I'd take the shot. I mean, like I said, worst case scenario, you hit your son and then at least he doesn't get tortured to death. Best case scenario, you hit the creeper and he dies, which is very unlikely. But number two is like, I think the best chance of happening. He'd just be like, you know what? Fuck it especially after he got hit with a few pellets of the fucking um the not the slack he want to say slug got hit with a few pellets of the shell of the shotgun shell he'd probably drop them and just you know fly off damaged and then that's the end of it like i'm sure they'd be paranoid for the rest of their lives but at least their son would be alive and yeah they wouldn't be riddled with guilt but none of those things happen because i am not in the movie and i don't have a shotgun so and i don't have a kid to shoot my shotgun at and try to save them that something about that sentence is right i probably didn't word it right but you knew what i meant but the point is yeah none of none of those things that i described that should have happened happened and he didn't take the shot he didn't hit his son definitely didn't hit the creeper because he didn't take any Isn't, isn't that a saying you 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 miss Every shot that you don't take or you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, that applies to this. He missed, didn't hit the sun, thank God, but he also didn't even hit an ounce, not an inch of flesh of the creeper. And so the creeper flew off with Billy and he has, who knows what he has? He has his leg, he has his tongue, he has his brain, he has his stomach, whatever he was looking for in Billy, he got because the dad just failed to take a shot any shot I mean even if you aim up high you have a better shot of not hitting I just can't get over he did not take not Nan's shot like if that was my father I'd be mad I'd be more mad at my father than I was the creeper because the creeper is just doing what he's doing he's you know trying to get his last meal he's trying to fill his tummy or whatever what have you and the father with the whole weapon in his hand didn't do shit and as I'm re-watching this movie the creeper literally stopped and had to jump up and then fly off with Billy. And the way that it's angled on, you know, the camera, it looks like he stopped damn near right in front of him. It looks like the creeper was in arm's length from the dad with the shotgun, had to stop jump up and then fly off and that gives you a good I want to say 10 seconds from the time that he stopped from the time that he's still within range of a shotgun to shoot him and he didn't do shit oh my god I, I would whoop. if I ever like fought my way out of the creepers you know layer, I'd come back and I'd kill my dad because I, I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me so the son is gone Billy's gone they're looking up in, you know, just mystified horror at this creeper with these long, you know, wingspan. Looks, looks really like bat wings. And where did he get the wings from? If he eats everything, that will mean he'd have to eat animals, too. Because who is he eating for the wings? Unless he just, huh. I don't know. But anyways, so they're looking up. They're horrified that Billy's gone. He's been taken by God knows what. He's in the air. Still screaming, and something that I'm thinking of is how would you even like did they report it like if you go to the cops and report that your son has been taken by this flying monster, one of two things would happen they would think you're crazy and you'd be put in an a, in an asylum that in an in an asylum like you have to say that very slowly, but either way, you'd be put in an asylum or They would think that you're some sort of child murderer and they're, you're trying to cover it up with some cockamamie story and you'd be put in a jail cell or no, I was going to say two reasons, but the third reason is, or they would just be like, you know what, this man is a little bit off his rocker. Let's just let him go. Let's, you know, let let him, let him rot in this house, you know, with this missing son or God knows what they're not, they're not going to care. So yeah, like that, I, I wouldn't even know how to start that story because it just sounds fishy from the jump, we heard him screaming, and then he was in the air, like, I would definitely think that they were up to something, and they were trying to, like, hide the, (laughs) hide the, you know, um, fact that they lost their child somehow, and don't want to get blamed, but finally, the movie gets to its main portion, you see that these kids are taking the bus, they've come from a game, they just won a football game, they're on their way back home, and they're doing this school chant, and the thing about it is that's real like if you're ever on the bus with the school team they will literally do their little school chant for hours hours miles like it doesn't matter they will not shut the fuck up with that chant it gets so old and like don't y'all don't don't y'all want to talk don't you want to converse shit don't you want to sleep you just had all this this running around you're tired no they'll do the cheer the whole way through Till they're back home shit they might even do it at home it's horrible oh god just don't ever ride on the bus with the sports team don't do it but we see this i'm guessing an extermination truck because he has a huge cockroach on the top of his brown truck he goes around the school bus and that's the the almost ingenious thing about the creeper because we see later that this man did not make it and it's like he literally thought that far in advance that he was like, you know what, everybody that sees this school bus may alert the cops when the school bus the school bus doesn't arrive to their destination. So I'm taking them all out. Anyone that has seen this this bus, I don't want to say truck, this bus will not live. It's like you know how much planning, especially because that I think this is yeah, this is the last day of his 23 days. It's like you have nothing but time, and i, I and I get that I almost say want to say I get that you want you know your last kill to be the you know something big, but it's like if I only have twenty three days to get twenty three meals or however many meals, I'm about to get easy picking. I'm about to go to you know some playground, pick some kids off, I'm about to go to you know um supermarket parking lot pick someone off that you know is struggling to find their keys like I'm getting the easiest meal and the creeper over here is literally doing like the Riddler type of fucking you know forethought but the bus is cruising along it suddenly you know bust the tire they're swerving for a little bit and they pull off to the side of the road they look at the tire and there is this four-pronged thing like sharp metal metallic and skin covered thing in the tire the bus driver cuts her hand on it trying to get it out and so one of the coaches pulls it out and you know he's looking at it and he's like he comments you know it's probably bone because just how hard it is and how sharp it's gotten they turn it over and they see that it's a tooth in there and how does how does the creeper know how to weld That's my first question. How, who taught him how to weld? Who gave him the machine to weld the tooth and the bones together? And then two, if I were the bus driver, the coach, uh, well, the coach is, I would think that there's something very wrong. Because even if the creeper didn't throw this into the tire, even if it was just happening to stick, like sticking straight up on the road, let's say it fell out of someone's truck, whatever, sticking straight up on the road, they ran onto it, Why does someone have four pronged, sharp bones and a tooth welded together? Why does anyone own that? I would automatically think there is a serial killer somewhere out in this desert area and we need to get this tire fixed and back home immediately. That's weird as fuck. And they're just like, oh, that's a little odd, but you know, whatever, we'll be okay. Like nothing about this is normal. While the coach and the driver are out figuring out what's going on with the tire, The kids on the bus, they are listening to the bus radio and they're hearing that, you know, there's these bodies found in this abandoned, ruined, burnt down church, which is from the first movie. And they're hearing that, you know, all these bodies were in pristine condition. They're they're some bodies that were over 200 years old because they have wooden teeth and all these strange things. And the reporter mentions that one of the strangest things is that, All of the bodies have one or more body parts missing. None of them are complete. One of the football players goes up to Scott and sits down because I'm guessing, you know, he probably sees he's a little upset and also wants to talk about what's going on. And he's like, yo, do you believe any of that? And he's like, no, it has to be made up. And right before it's cut off, it says what connection it has to. And then the bus driver comes back in and she cuts it off. But I feel like what they were going to say is what connection that has to, you know, dairy and the missing body and the cops. And well, actually, the cops and the inmates that were killed in the first movie, you know, they were probably going to bring that up. But like I said, the bus driver, she comes in. Her name's Rhonda. She comes in or... No, I'm sorry. Not Rhonda. That's one of the girls. That's one of the uh, cheerleader girls. The bus driver, Betty, comes in. She cuts off the radio and she's phoning. She's like, hey, we have a bus down. We're disabled. We need help immediately. And then they go back to the brother, Frankie and his dad. And we see that they cut down that section of cornfield where Billy went missing. And they have... The dog, which I think his name is Mac. You know, they're trying to look for clues and Mac starts sniffing something and he comes up with, it looks like this knife or this, not even a knife, like what's it called? Like those huge hunting knives? Like there's a word for it. But Frankie brings it to his dad and his dad's looking at it and he's looking at the carvings etched into it. And all of a sudden it like rockets out of his hand and straight into the wall. And that part was really never explained, like, is it, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, no, I don't even know the word. I was going to say, like, telepathic or some sort, like, is it telepathically connected to the creeper? Because, like, it went in the direction, or I'm assuming it went in the direction toward the wall But, like, if the wall wasn't there, it would just be going back to the creeper. So is it somehow connected to the creeper? Like, it'll always come back to him unless, you know, there's something in its way. Or, like, why did it just fling out of his hand? That was never explained. And also, who made the knife? Did the creeper make the knife? Does, along with welding skills, does he have, like, masonry skills? Like this creeper went to some sort of trade school because not only is he a welder, he's a carpenter and a hunter. Like what can this creeper not do? but we go back to present day and we see that the bus is still on the side of the road. Most of the football players are on top of the bus. How they got up there? Who knows? Um, They're on top of the bus, they're sunbathing, and you know, the coaches are going one way, the bus driver Betty's going her own way, the cheerleaders are under the tree smoking, and something that And I I don't know if this is just because I'm black, but something that I've always noticed, I rarely see black people sunbathing. And I'm not just saying because of the tan thing or getting darker and not to say that all white people that are sunbathing want to get darker, but it's like they're very comfortable in heat. Like, white people just love, it's like my dogs, like, it's like, you know, if you ever see dogs and cats, like, they just love soaking up the sun. That's white people. They will literally just go out there and bake, and they'll just be fine. They're like, oh, it's, it's, it's a little hot. Like, bruh, it's 102 degrees. How are you standing this? But Betty, the bus driver, she's still trying to phone someone on her radio. No one's answering. Um, the coaches are trying to get to anybody with their cell phones, but there's no signal getting out. Some of the boys are out peeing uh, Jake, Izzy and the what's it called? The team manager, the sports manager, team manager. And Jake, the football player, is upset with Izzy, the writer. He's like the school writer because I guess he's not getting enough mention in the paper. So, you know, he's bringing up the fact that a lot of people are questioning if he's gay, and that if he had a crush on the one that he is writing most about, which happens to be the black player Dante and there's just so much racism in this film and I wonder if that's how all football like not football players but like a sports team like if you have if you happen to have a sports team and the black players are doing better in the, than the white players I wonder if there is that like oh they just think they're better or you know like, there's that element of racism or you know there's because every time I see like a high school sports team there seems like a lot of camaraderie but I wonder if there is that element of racism. I'm sure there is. Because, I mean, shit, it's everywhere. So why not on a high school football team? But, yeah. But either way, Jake is upset that Izzy isn't writing about him enough. And he's, like, basically threatened in a almost low-key way to out him. He's like, you know, people call you Izzy or isn't he. And it's just like, okay, you threatening me is definitely not going to make me write about you now. In fact, I'm going to write... If I do write about you, it's going to be that you sucked. You got no uh, scores. You fumbled the ball a million times. I mean, you were on the bench like, you're not going to threaten me. Like, And you're, while asking me for a favor. But as the other group of guys are peeing somewhere out in the other side of the uh, little field, They are all peeing, and then the coach calls them back. So everybody's peeing except, or no, everybody leaves except one guy who's still peeing. And he sees, or he, like, you know how you kind of sense, like, okay you have your eyes closed, but you can still sense that something is near you or above you or around you or something like that. That's what happened. The creeper flew over him, but his eyes were closed while he was pan. And you know, he gets a sense like uh that a shadow went over him and you know he's looking, probably thinking this is a plane or a big bird or some shit, but he looks up and it's nothing. So that's the first instance in present day that we get of the creeper. And that's what I'm saying. The creeper There's so much forethought in his killings, and honestly, that's what I'm saying, I would love an original movie because, like I said, he had the forethought to kill everyone that saw the bus. He didn't want any alerts to the authorities or anything. He didn't want anyone intervening in his kills. So he had the forethought to kill the old guy in the truck, which, like I said, that comes up later he has the forethought to start flying over them so he can get a sense of what he might want in each player. And later he even has the forethought to get them trapped somehow in the bus. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, but also how did he, did he just happen to fly over these players? Did, how does he even map that out? Because, okay, he has 23 days to, you know, get as many meals in as he can So on the first day, is he just flying around and like, okay, I'm going to get this person on this day, this person on the next day, that other person on the other day? Or did he just happen to fly over the game and then he flew and, you know, see, okay, they're now they're in a bus. So they're on this winding, lonely, desolate road. So, you know, this will be a good time to attack. Like, how does he even plan that out? Like, there's so much forethought. But also, is there some instance of just these people happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time? Anyways, that boy that was, you know, by himself peeing, and he finally gets done, and he sees that something flies over him again, and he's looking around. He's like, you know, what the fuck can it be? Because every time he looks up, it's gone. But as he's walking, the, he walks into this, isn't um a, a crowd of, no, I was going to say pigeon, but they're crows. So he walks into this murder of crows, and they go cawing and flying off, and he's screaming. And part of me is like, one, how did the birds get there when this whole group of guys just walked and they didn't see the crows? did they just get there after they left, and if they did did the did the creeper somehow do that because he knew they'd be he'd be scared and he'd start- you know screaming and then he'd be able to sniff out you know what he wants in him? I don't know. But honestly, there's just no way that the crows could have been there. Because again, the boys had walked maybe 20 seconds before he got done peeing. So if they didn't see the crows and didn't hear the crows and didn't see the crows... Did I already say didn't see the crows? Either way. If they didn't walk into the murder of crows, then there's no way he could have. Like, they're not going to land and just stay there. Especially without him hearing or seeing in that 20 seconds. Nah. But we cut scene and we see that Frankie and his father, who I now learn his name is Jack frankie and his father are rigging up the trick the trick (laughs) rigging up the truck and they're making this makeshift gatling spear type of thing and it has the knife that the creeper left behind he's attaching and welding it to the gatling spear that he's making so that'll be his you know machine and it's almost hard to explain it's like I guess he's I guess he's figuring since it came from him he built it and he know that it has this type of power to like hone in where he is that you know it'll it's strong enough to defeat itself type thing and I always bring up well not always but I bring up the Incredibles a lot you remember at the in the Incredibles um, they were fighting that big machine, and he said the thing, the strongest thing that can penetrate it, in it is itself. And I'm thinking that's what the dad is thinking by rigging up the the knife that the creeper left to his Gatling spear. But something that I'm wondering, okay, the dad he makes he tricks out his car, well his truck really. He tricks out his truck. He makes his weapon with the knife from the creeper. And, you know, he's listening to the police scanner and he's driving around and, you know, he's doing what he can to possibly find the creeper. But what if, because when his son got attacked and kidnapped and killed, that was on the 22nd day. Everything that's happened with the bus and the football players and all of them, that's happened on the 23rd day. So what if Billy, the little boy, would have got attacked and eaten on the 23rd day? You mean this man would have just been sitting around listening and he's already aged as fuck. Like he has to be in his 60s. So he'd have been waiting around till he was in his mid to late 80s, just hoping for the chance to hear about the Creeper. And I mean, the average lifespan of a man is, you know, 70s to mid 70s. So he'd have just been waiting around till his last days to hear about the Creeper and never gotten the chance to actually kill him. I'm just saying- It was pure luck that he actually got to use his Gatling gun and his truck the way he intended. But I'm just saying he really could have just been wasting his life away listening to the police scanner. But we jump back to the bus. They're hobbling along. They're on what says the East 9, which is some big expanse of byway, highway, whatever it's called. They're hobbling along and we see that Rhonda, who is the girlfriend of Scott or Scotty, She's sitting and, you know, she's basically like, why are you still pounding, man? You know, what's, what's up? And he, you know, lets her know, like, I only got 12 minutes to play. I really think it's because I got the wrong skin color to be on this team. You know, I'm not the token white boy. Uh, the One of the coaches' name is Hannah. He says, I'm not Hannah's token white boy. And it's like, and Rhonda also brings up like, hey, it was a good 12 minutes. Because even as an audience member, I'm thinking like, Okay, but did you score a touchdown in those 12 minutes? Did you have a lot of tackles? Like, you're talking about you may not have the skin color, but you really may just fucking suck, Scotty. Like, then that's some, oh my God, that's something that it, and when I say it has happened a lot, I've witnessed it a lot. It is something that I've encountered even in my own sports career, which was very short-lived in like elementary, middle school, If you happen to be better than a white player, they will insist that the coaches are favoring you because they, because you're color. They will insist that, you know, well, and again, this is, trust me, it sounds crazy, but I've heard it and I've seen it. They will insist that you have some sort of advantage because you're black. Some sort, somehow your musculature is more developed, more blah, 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 because you're black. Somehow, somehow. The system is rigged against them because they're a white player. Like, bro, you have to accept that you suck. And honestly, you may not even suck. You may not just be as good as the other players because there was, I was on, what was it? Volleyball? Volleyball. I was going to say soccer, but I never was on the soccer team. I just played soccer a lot, but I wasn't on the team. But anyways, volleyball, played volleyball. And there was this girl and I think. I can't remember if her dad was the coach or he coached some of the time I think he coached some of the time but he wasn't the permanent coach god this was an elementary school so oh god I'm trying to remember but the point is old girl had it out for me she hated and she came from another school it's like first of all you don't even gotta be here just because your team doesn't have a volleyball, you know, um, team, why don't you go play something else? Like, you'll be here worried about me, because I was one of the better players on the team, and I was just a smidge better than her. She could spike, which I was always scared to do, because I thought I was going to hurt somebody, or that I'd mess up, and the ball would hit my face, but she could spike, which we weren't supposed to do, but every once in a while, we do it, but anyways, old girl was better at spiking, but as far as passing, as far as, what's it called, serving, I was better, and a lot of like I said a lot of the time you in especially elementary volleyball we didn't we couldn't spike so she didn't have a chance to show off what she was better at than me an old girl always had an issue with me I remember her fucking name I remember her face I remember that big ass forehead oh my god I hate that bitch me and her eventually got in a fight on the bus and I got uh, oh my god and I'm the one that got in trouble even though she started it but anyways all I'm saying is some of you white folks you got to get over it you may have a black person that's better than you. You may have a Chinese person that's better than you. You may have a Mexican person that's better than you. It may be another white person that's better than you. Just get over it. All you can do is your best. And sometimes you'll be the best. Sometimes you'll be the second best. Sometimes you may be the last best, but shit, you're good enough to be on the team. You're good enough to play the sport. Just have fun, play the sport. You win some, you lose some. That's all I got to say is that's all I got to say. But tangent aside, Scotty is still crying and bitching because he only got 12 minutes. And Ronda again points out that the coach probably just wanted everyone to have a chance because it's a championship. And he's like, well, everybody isn't the reason we got to the championship. I'm the reason we got to the championship. And that may be true. But guess what? Now that we're here, everyone deserves to play like again she said he had a great 12 minutes he could have had hella tackles he could have scored I don't know how many fucking touchdowns I was about to say tackles y'all don't watch football but the point is he could have scored a hella touchdowns he could have made I don't know how many tackles but just because he wasn't the majority one on the play field play field field on the field either way because he wasn't the majority one on the field for the majority length of time he's bitching and one of the black players, DeAndre, overhears them, And he's giving him the side i like, bruh, get the fuck over it. Like, one, it's already done. Two, we won the game. So three, shut the fuck up. But he is all, Scotty is all up in his field. he's like, yo, what are you looking at? And DeAndre just looks away, which he's better than me. Because I'd be like, ooh, I don't even know what I do. Just, oh, bless. Because, bruh, you're bitching but you played good and we won, so I don't really, why are you upset, but while Scotty's having his little temper tantrum, we see that Minxie, one of the cheerleaders on the bus, is falling asleep, she's having a dream, she sees uh, Derry from the last movie, he's, she can't hear him, but she sees him pointing, he keeps yelling something, it looks like he's yelling, turn back, turn back, but again, she can't hear him, and he's pointing at first he starts off slow and then you know as the bus keeps going he's getting more frantic like hurry up turn back now or that's what it looks like he's saying i don't read lips but and then it hurry up and turns to billy and you see billy has blood all over him and he's saying the same thing turn back he's pointing the other way and then it goes back to Derry, and then he points out in the field and we see that the creeper is running through the field and he throws something and he throws it it hits the bus tire and as soon as it hits the bus tire it hits in real life and everybody wakes up that was asleep and you know everybody's like whoa what the fuck we blew another tire everybody gets off the bus because the bus driver lets them know like hey we need to get off this bus it's not safe because we are in the middle of the road someone could come into us you know do a 90 anybody could get hurt so they heard everybody off the bus as soon as they're getting off the bus one of the coaches sees that or uh, coach hannah he's the black one i don't know who the white one is yet but anyway coach hannah sees that there's this car coming, you know, he flags it down, he lets them know, like, hey, we've we've, uh, broken two tires, well, busted two tires, we just need you to let the deputy know, or, you know, can you call, or if you happen to um, pass by a sheriff or something, could could you just let them know that we need help, and we either need help off the road, or we need help back to our destination, but preferably both, so, you know, he's like, yeah, sure, and, (laughs) he has this bumper sticker which is quite ironic he has this bumper sticker that says I'm not a complete idiot some parts are missing and it's funny because it comes back you know later just of course you can kind of piece together how it does but I'll tell you later but they're all off the truck and you know Betty's still calling for help but she stops, and she goes to check out the tire, you know, she wants to see what's up with this one this time, so she goes to check it out, and she sees that there's another four-pronged fucking bone thing, and so she's looking in fucking horror, and she looks over to what I now know, his name is Coach Barnes, the white coach, he, she looks over to Coach Barnes, and she's just looking in horror, like her eyes are wide, her face is, completely pale and he comes over and so she doesn't alert the kid she yells and i'm like hey get off the road and so they back up you know just trying to make sure that they won't see that it's the same fucking thing but this time instead of a tooth in the bone in the bone four prong thing it's a belly button and the belly button has a rose tattoo and that belly button and rose tattoo is the same one that it was on dairy which is what minxie saw in her dream. And while all this is going on, Coach Hannah is putting down some flares and all of a sudden he's gone. And everybody's like, what the entire fuck? And everybody's looking around for a minute. And all of a sudden, one of the flares that Hannah had comes dropping out of the sky. And now they know something is very wrong. But even knowing that, and even hearing him, well, they hear him scream a little bit, but they don't hear him too much. But even hearing him scream, even though that his body has gone missing, even though that a flare that he just had in his hand has come falling from the sky, which means he's gone upward, even though he should be on the ground. What do these people do? And I can't even say it's just the white people this time. Everybody, they start going towards it, And Scotty like pushes his way to the front And I have two things about that. One, what were you going to do once you got to the front? You can't fly. You don't know where he is. And you're asking the same question that they're asking. He's like, where the hell is the coach? Nigga, didn't I just literally ask that myself? And then two, you don't even like the coach. You literally were just saying he's playing favorites to the black people. So why do you give a shit what happened to the coach? So finally, Coach Barnes convinces everyone really to get back on the bus. And him and Betty are calling for coach hannah he's gone y'all like good luck but he's gone but they're still calling for him but after everyone's heard it on the bus they close the doors and you know that's what betty had told them to do so they were right in doing that but the thing is again that comes back to the forethought the creeper because bucky who is the team manager he's on the two-way radio trying to radio anyone for some help but Again, they're in this spot where they're not getting the signal. They can't get a radio or cell signal. How did the creeper know where there wouldn't be a signal? But while he's calling, trying to get a signal which isn't there, Betty's still laying down these flares like, she, one, not she' a good bus driver? because one, I don't give a shit about these kids or this school enough or this bus enough. To try to save anyone but myself. But, you know, she's really dedicated to this team. So she's still, she's placing down the flares, even though Coach Hannah just went missing, just went up in the fucking sky. Coach Barnes is still looking around and calling for Coach Hannah. You know, again, good luck to him, but they're still trying to find them. And as Betty's lighting, or I guess igniting the last or second to last flare, actually, here comes Jeeper taking her out too. But this time, Bucky sees and Coach Barnes sees. So now they're very aware that something is picking them off. Like they were, you know, they might have had some questions before, but now they know something is picking them off one by one. So Coach Barnes, he's banging to be let in. You know, he's just trying to get in, trying to get the safety. They finally let him in. And he's asking like, because Jake is the one closest that he's talking to. He's like, Jake, what did you see, man? And Jake's like, you, at first he's kind of stuttering He like i'm sure he thinks he thinks he's crazy but he finally says he flew away because i mean shit what else could you say that's all he knew how to describe so he lets him know like coach or not even coach sorry betty flew the fuck away but scotty's bitch ass like oh my god i would does he die in this movie i haven't seen this in a while but i certainly hope he dies because he's like what the fuck does that mean like he's getting mad at jake for telling the the answer to which the coach had asked like he's like what do you fuck what the fuck do you mean he flew away bro she flew away I don't know what else to tell you that's what the fuck I saw I don't if you want to tell me the answer then fucking tell me and Scott is over here demanding answers talking about what the hell is going out there bro if I knew don't you think I would tell you for one and then two don't you think I'd be trying to do something about it more than just telling you to get on the bus and shut up like I have literally no more answers than you do and two who the fuck are you Scott you what are you gonna do if I tell you if I even if the coach knew that the creeper was out there he's picking them up picking them off one by one and he were to tell Scott okay Scott now what Are you going to save us? You're demanding all these answers like you have the solution. So what's up? But Coach Barnes is about to go back out the door of the bus. And he turns around just to get one quick, quick glance at the crew. And he sees that Scotty is still not sitting down. So he's like, sit down. And Scott's like, well, no, basically Scott ignores him. So Coach Barnes, and I mean, this is a stupid question to ask and got a stupid answer. But Scott... I mean, Coach Barnes is like, do you have a problem with me? And Scott's like, do you have a problem with me? And it clearly hints into the fact of the racial divide or whatever racial issues he's having with the team and with the coaches. And it's like, bro, you're still worried about your 12 fucking minutes in the game. We are dying. We're being picked off one by one. And you're worried about this game still? Like, literally, this is the shit you have to ask me right now? But luckily, Coach Barnes says all that shit to him. He's like, yo, we don't have time for this. And as he's about to lay it into Scott for being a dumbass, here comes the Creeper picking him off too because he got too distracted with Scott's dumbass questions. So once the Creeper picks off Coach Barnes, you know, they're f- fumbling to get back in the bus. They do... Scott turns around because he's looking at them like, what the fuck? They're looking at him like, what the fuck? But they let him know, like, yo, you got blood all over your face. And the weirdest fucking thing, and I get he's probably traumatized. He's probably in a little bit of shock. Instead of wiping it off, which I think he intended to do, he literally spreads it all over his face. Like, bruh, all you had to do is literally raise your shirt and wipe your face off. Like, he literally spreads it all over his face, into his hair. And again, I get he's in shock, but bro, that's a blood. That's, that's disgusting. Don't do that. But just like Scotty was doing before, the team is now asking Scotty, like, what did you see? And he's gets all upset. He's like, I don't know what I saw. Just stop asking me. Like, oh, now you don't want to be questioned, but you was just going all, you know, hamming and hauling, trying to get some answers before. But now that we're trying to get answers out of you, all of a sudden, you don't know nothing. You don't want to be questioned. You about to have a little panic attack because we asking you like you was just a badass just a couple minutes ago but now you got a little blood on you and you act like a bitch but we cut scenes we're back with the father and the son whose name is jackie i could have sworn they said frankie in the beginning and maybe i said jackie in the beginning too i don't know but either way his name is jack or jackie that's the son billy was the son that died and the father's name is jack senior but i could have sworn they literally said frankie i'm tripping And I'm not even going to go back and correct this because that's way too much editing. So the point is, we know who everyone is now. Jack Sr., Jackie Jr., Billy's already dead. So, so the father is listening to the police scanner and he's hearing about some abductions, a bus, you know, that is now missing its coaches and its bus um, driver. So he knows that some shit is up and it's probably the same thing that happened to his son. So he yells for Jackie. He's like, get the truck, get the Gatling gun. We're going. So we cut scenes. We're back at the bus We and Scott gets his cockamamie, a dumbass idea to run off the bus and onto the field. and into a farm that is not even within sight because it's a little bit over the ledge of a hill but he can see that there's like some farming equipment out there so he's assuming that the farm is near but either way everybody's like that's not the right call and they everybody starts arguing and basically what happens is He assaults Izzy because he thinks that Izzy might come on to him, and Izzy basically lets him know, like, bro, gay or not, you're not my type with your ugly ass, and he gets upset about that, and then DeAndre, one of the black football players, tries to calm him down, and he's like, you better get that hand off me, and DeAndre rightfully is like, bro, if you want to call me a nigger, call me a nigger so I can kill you right now, like, I see you thinking it, I know you want to say it, and Scott starts quivering his lips like, And it really looks like he's looking like, or thinking like, okay, should I say it or should I not say it? Like, I know I'm mad enough and maybe I can get away with it because it's in the heat of the moment. Like, he really looks like he's about to say it. And DeAndre's like, bro, if you're going to say it, say it because I literally will kill you right the fuck now if that's what you want. But Rhonda, Scotty's girlfriend, which your boyfriend's a whole racist. It's time to dump him or you're by association a racist too. But anyways she breaks it up she's like yo this is not the time we don't need to be fighting about this bullshit but honestly and i know they're in a life or death situation i would still smack the fuck out of him anyways like just for thinking the word nigga i'm beating your ass but while Rhonda breaks up the fight they see that minxie is looking at something and then they look at what she's looking at and they see that she sees that the creeper has been listening and not only listening sniffing them this entire fucking time so now the creeper is emboldened because they're creeped the fuck out rightfully so and scared as fuck not even creeped out just scared the fuck out of their wits and he's sniffing he goes to the window for a little bit and sniffs and then he goes to the back window where he can see everybody and so now they're shining a light on him and they get a good look at him and he's again sniffing he's sniffing out it and sees who he wants to eat and you know what he wants from him and in a scene that I think is hilarious they all basically start pointing at themselves because he's looking at certain people and they'll point to themselves and he'll either nod or he'll like flick like no not you the person behind you or you know not you or not you but ooh yeah and so they get to DeAndre and you know he's Gives a smile, and a very big smile. But then they get to Scotty, and he goes crazy. He starts shaking the bus. He's like, "Oh, I want this white racist motherfucker! Like, I want!" And the and that's the funny thing, like. And I find it very true. Uh, and I think everybody does. Like the people that talk the most shit that, you know, puff up their chest the most are always the scariest ones. And that's why he wants Scotty so bad. Because you doing all this shit, talking about black people, talking about, you know, oh, you'll, you know, you better get that hand off me and, you know, trying to go after the gay one and this and the third. And you're the scariest one. And he knows it. And he, as soon as, you know, he starts shaking the bus and, you know, he wants to get at Scotty, he's like get that light off of him like oh you want to get rid of the evidence you you want us to not know that he he may want us but he needs your ass like he he wants you bad and so eventually the creeper flies away and minxie takes it upon herself to pass the fuck out and her eyes are flicking back and forth and she has another premonition and the premonition just lets her know what we as the audience already know that every twenty-three years for twenty-three days the creeper gets to eat people and you know Minxie pops up, she's gasping for breath, she's been out for hours, they say. But there's talks again of let's get off the bus, you know, the creeper hasn't shown up for hours and at now Minxie with the knowledge of her past premonition knows she lets them know. Like, yo. We can't get off this bus. If we get off this bus, he's still out there. Like, yeah, he may not have come back for a couple hours. It could be even, you know, whatever, however many days, but he gets to eat for 23 days. And at this point, they don't know what day he's on. So technically, shoot, he could follow them for a while, you know, if he wanted to, if this was like day one. But she lets them know, like, yo, he's going to be after us till he gets us or until it's his time to be done with his 23 days and here goes scott again trying to act like he's you know the leader of the fucking pack like bro you're a bitch for one and then two you keep asking all these questions of people but when someone asks you a question you get all up in arms you can't answer nobody You're getting freaked out but he's like you know how do you know all this and demanding answers out of her and she's like yo it's a dream i had i don't fucking know how i know i just know and that's apparently not good enough for scott but she rightfully so is like yo if you want to explain this to me then do that but if not i'm telling you what i know and also there must have been some deleted footage because she's saying a lot of stuff that wasn't in the dream but yeah so after minx explains all that we cut back to jack and jack jr jackie and they're in the truck they're riding trying to get to the bus and they see that The guy with the car sticker about being a complete idiot, they see his car, is torn up, it's smashed into a tree, there's no one there, and, you know, now we come full circle into why the car sticker made sense but you know we see that again he's having the forethought he'd taken out the guy with the roach truck he took out the guy with the bumper bumper sticker the car sticker um took out the guy with the bumper sticker the only thing he wasn't anticipating was jack and jackie coming to the rescue so while The dad is looking at the truck or looking at the car, really, and, you know, sees that it's been peeled back and it looks like someone had to have like some very sharp claws as Creeper does. Just looking at how precisely he not only attacked, but decimated these people and it looks you know somewhat easy for this person so you know that the creeper is or he knows that the creeper is a formidable you know attacker so while he's looking at the wreckage somehow Bucky the sports team manager has gotten a hold of finally gotten a hold of someone and that person happens to be Jackie Jr. who has a police radio also in their truck as well as in their house. So they hear them because they're finally within range and you know he's letting them know, Bucky's letting them know like hey, we have an issue, we need help. If you're not the cops, send the cops. If you either way just get here, just please help us out. And they let him know like yo, we're going to get there. We're going to help you, but it's going to take time cuz your signal doesn't sound very strong, but we're going to be there. We're going to help you. So they hang up. Jack and Jack Jr. are headed toward the bus and everybody on the bus is cheering. They're so happy. Bucky did it. He got hold of somebody. And of course, this is the time that the creeper wants to attack. He gets a hold of Bucky. He like flies down, gets a hold of Bucky through the ceiling. His I mean, we see that his talons were sharp enough to cut through the roof of the car. So why not the bus? And that's literally what he did. He got a hold of Bucky's shoulders. He's pulling them or pulling them as best he can. And finally, someone finally used the javelins that are on the bus and stabs the creeper. So they see the javelin. It's, you know, dangling from the ceiling. And eventually it goes up and they don't see it anymore. But they still hear the creeper on the roof. So they look up and they see that the creeper got stabbed in the head but he can't pull it out so what does he do he has to tear off a good chunk of his of his cranium he just rips it out and I feel like if he just did a little bit more struggling he could have pushed the pole through honestly so the creeper again having the forethought and the omniscience of Jesus it looks like he flies up and comes down as hard as he can on the bus to where his wing is basically bisecting the bus. One group is on the front end and one one group is on the back end. So they're like, "Yo, we all need to get to one side." So as they all start going under his wing, one of and I believe it's Jake's name. Yeah, Jake. Jake gets caught. Co- or no, it's not Jake. I forgot. No, he doesn't have a name. This um, this teammate is just named teammate in the little casting, but he's like, yo, his wing it's it's like a fucking piece of paper. It's so light, and he's lifting it up, and you know, getting cocky, which of course is what the creeper anticipated. So he wraps him up. They're trying to get him out of his wing, and he can't. He they just see that his body's going up and up and up. And by the time that the wing finally releases him, he's headless. His body is just swinging around. He doesn't know. Well, it at this point, because he's no longer a person, he's just a body. It's just swinging around and finally collapses. And they look up again. You know, they put their head through the little hole. Well, the big hole now that's in the roof. And they see that he's absorbed the football player's head and at first it looks like the football player's head is just you know on the creeper's body but as soon as he turns around it takes form and he looks just like the same creeper that was before like he's absorbed himself in essence like he yeah he absorbed the kid but the kid just adapted to his body which is so crazy which I guess happens with all of the body parts but huh well that's interesting because again where did he get the wings and the parts of how whoa 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 now i have way too many questions because okay if he absorbs a body part and it just turns into what the creeper looks like how did the creeper gain form in the first place wouldn't wouldn't anything that he absorbed like you get what i'm saying if there has to be a base model What did the base model look like and how did it get created and why does everything he absorbs turn into himself or did along the way did it just start doing that like did his body just start adapting and being able to do that or like when he uh, you know uh, um absorbed someone's eyes did it take their eye color if he absorbed somebody's arm did it take you know their strength or the size of their arms like because again if you absorb a child it couldn't I have way too many questions. Wow, this is this is getting a bit beyond me. But anyway, after Creeper gets his new head, he flies off again. And I guess this is a time when everybody, especially Scott, gets you know the idea that yo, this shit is real. It's not a game. Like our lives are for real, for real in jeopardy. And he takes it upon himself to try to get people to vote in this almost caste system everybody that the creeper picked out he wants off the bus and the people that you know the creeper didn't have any interest stay on the bus but of course people are per- objecting and also deandre lets them know like scotty yeah he might have picked me but he also picked you so we're in the same system we're in the same you know level we're in the same fucked upness basically if he's coming for you he's coming for me so don't try to put me out the bus if you're not going to put yourself out the bus so mostly everybody gets off the bus when they start hearing Scott's bullshit because they're like okay you want to keep this bus that's fucked up the door is jammed open now it was jammed closed now it's jammed open the back door doesn't open and you got this gaping hole in the roof sure if you want this bus Scott take it and when he sees that most people are abandoning him because he's being a racist asshole, he's like, fuck, well, I guess I can't stay in this bus alone, especially because, yeah, he did want me. So he goes with them off the bus trying to get to the farm. And I'm like, uh-uh, uh, get your ass back on that bus. I'd have pushed him back on that bus. But as they're walking off the bus, not running, mind you, walking off the bus and still arguing, then, of course, Jeeper, well, Creeper, He flies over them. He's about to take his pick. They all run back toward the bus. Like, you guys are wasting time. You're already off the bus. You might as well run toward the farm since you're off the bus. And rightfully so. The people that are on the bus don't open the door. Because, like, y'all, hey, I mean, y'all have made your choice. You got off the bus. Deuces. Hope you make it. So now that they're running through the field, the first one the creeper takes down is Jake. Then he almost takes down DeAndre but he trips like on a rock and he falls and he isn't able to get him so everybody's still running and Scott goes right back to his being a dick first he's trying to you know get everybody sympathy and you know be a team player again because they left him. and now as they're all running he's like everybody break off break off go away from me get away from me like first of all if you're the one he wants wouldn't it be smartest to have people around you because they could possibly be a decoy but he's not thinking of that he's just thinking about the fact that he don't want people around him because i mean honestly i don't get his logic but i mean i guess in a panicked in the panic state he's probably just thinking i'll be better on my own so get away from me which is again stupid like if you're if you're going to be an ass at least be a smart ass but he's doing all that, talking shit, and for some reason he slows down near a tree, puts his arm on the tree, and the creeper takes his time to throw one of his knives at his arm and gets it stuck in the tree so he can't get out. And everybody comes to his rescue. Izzy. Even though he just called you know, he just got choked. And accused of being gay and, you know, wanting everybody on the team, Izzy comes to the rescue. And then the girlfriend, Rhonda, who just broke up with him, comes to the rescue. And then DeAndre, who he, again, wanted to call a nigger and, you know, was saying the only reason he got play on the on the tr- um, field earlier is because he's black and this, that, and the third comes to his rescue like fuck that dude i'd leave him right there but and that's what i hate about not only in movies but in real life like whenever there's a racist person or just a person that's not good black people always feel like they got to come to the rescue because i feel like our thinking is oh if you know if we don't come to the rescue or if we don't help them we're just as bad as them but fuck that shit you, people always already see black people as the enemy so might as well like i'm just saying i hate that that's one thing i don't like about black people and i love my people but i hate that about black people we always try to help people that never want to help us just because we want to do the right thing oh anyways but they end up getting scott Scotty's arm free And the creeper still gets him. Thank God it's about damn time. And he drags him off screaming and yelling. And I hope he killed him nice and slow because he deserved it. Scotty was a dick. Now we see that Bucky made his way back to the bus. He said that there was no farm and he must have run at least 10 miles. And see, that's what they get for listening to Scott. Ran all over the fucking valley. All there was was some farm equipment and no farm. I'd have beat Scott's ass if he wasn't already dead. But Bucky's back on the bus, and two of the teammates, well, one of the teammates and one of the cheerleaders is on the bus, and they're like, yo, you know, I'm glad you're alive, but at the same time, the creeper's after you, so please back the fuck up or get off the bus, preferably both. And Creeper takes this time to again tack Bucky, like he's really on out for this guy. And here comes my boy jack and jack jr to the rescue creeper gets spiked or gattled is that what you get with the gatling gun you get gattled i don't know but either way he gets fucked up with his weapon with jack senior's weapon and the dad's cheering he got a good shot to the chest creeper can't get the little spear out and everybody's thinking like yes like woo, we got him but they're starting to realize the creeper is a lot stronger than they thought he though he can't get the spear out of his chest he starts literally dragging the truck and mind you the truck is right behind the school bus at this point so he's dragging it dragging it dragging it until it's stuck behind the bus finally the dad gets a good grip and he's able to start roping back in the gatling gun but or the gatling spear but he realizes that the creeper got it out and now the spear's flying right towards them and the dog jack jr and minx who was in the truck because she was saved earlier on the road they all get out in time but now he's like oh okay the fight's on so the creeper is flying his way back around about to make his well what he thought was about to be his next kill and jack senior the dad he's like uh-uh you got me fucked up you got my son you might have got some of these kids but you're not gonna get the rest so he's loading up the second spear and shoots it right at him again and he, this time it hits him good he goes Down the creeper is down for the first time in the whole movie. He's like, you know, and this is he's not shaking this one off. But though he was down, though you know, he got a good shot in and it's stuck in him again. Jeepers back up, he's in the air, but this time he knocks over the bus, knocks over well, not even knocks over, he like takes the truck that the Gatling gun is attached to in the air he knocks it over but he basically flips it over because he rips the gatling gun out of the truck which it's welded to and in doing so the truck flips completely over mind you the whole time the dad is trying to save the gatling gun that's welded to the back of the truck he jumps out in the nick of the time in the nick of the time in the nick of time because the son is begging him to get out and he jumps out just soon enough to not kill himself but not soon enough to not hurt himself so he's knocked out for a little bit but of course i mean shit the son should just be glad that he's not missing his brother and his dad but we cut scene we see that izzy Rhonda, and deandre are still a little fucked up from scotty dying well Getting murdered. But I mean, he did have it coming. So I wouldn't be too sad, especially about DeAndre. Like, bro, you basically called me a nigger. Fuck you. But, anyways, they're a little fucked up. But they find the bug truck from way back in the beginning of the movie. And Izzy lets them know, like, while y'all thought I was, you know, got in trouble for being in a gay bar, I actually got in trouble for try- hot wiring a car. So that's what I'm about to do now. I'm about to hot wire this car. We're about to get the fuck out of here so as they're in the truck creeper is on their tail deandre had to jump in the bed of the truck because one of the doors was jammed and they just had to get the car going and out of there as fast as they could so he's in the bed of the truck of course which i mean he they he literally could have run around and gone through the other door in just a second but whatever it's a movie of course they had to make something happen like that but jeepers is right on their tail so he's like yo deandre get down Rhonda. he pushed her out the car he put on his seatbelt and he slammed on the brake so that the creeper flies through the back windshield through the front shield and is fucked up the car flips deandre is out of the bed of the truck he is a little fucked up too he can't walk izzy is in the truck but he's not too badly hurt that he can't crawl out which he does and we see that DeAndre and the creeper are in this tall grass sort of area in the field. The truck they were in explodes, which makes the creeper pop up and, you know, kind of look around and see what's happening. And he starts sniffing around because he can sniff that DeAndre is, uh, you know, alive. He's around, but he can't see him. So he's hopping around because he's fucked up his leg and lost an arm. And DeAndre can't run or walk because he has his... Isn't that the tibia? Oh lord, I'm trying to remember shit from fucking A&P. Either way, his leg bone is sticking out of his skin is what I'm trying to let you know. And... He almost gets close enough to eat him. He's right on top of him eventually. And DeAndre's fighting him off. And, you know, a creeper is trying to overpower him. He even tries to do this, like, scare tactic to, you know, overpower him to get the upper hand. And y'all know me. I don't have the drive to stay alive. when I s- Like, he does this thing, like, all the little, like, he has, like, these mini talons and almost, like, an umbrella around his head, made out of like the sheer skin that comes out that he tries to do to scare him. As soon as I've seen that, I'd have been like, you know, fuck it. Uh, and the bone in my leg is sticking out, which I'm sure he's either sitting or leaning on, which is hurting. I just flew from the bed of a truck. I don't got time for this shit. Just come on. Just if you're gonna do it, let's do it. Let's get it over with. But DeAndre is a better man than I could have ever been, and he's fighting them off and. Yeah. Just in the nick of time, somehow the truck is right side up. The <laughs> The Gatling gun they've transferred to, or no, 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 yeah. they got, They somehow transferred the Gatling gun, which got ripped off to the, what's the word? The roof of the truck, which how did they make it stand up? How did they make it stay? I don't know. But as soon as Creeper is about to overpower DeAndre, Frank Sr. Gattles, and I don't care if that's not a word, it's a word today. He Gattles the creeper right through the eyes this time. So there's no nothing. It's not in the chest. He can't pull it out. We see head wounds might be his biggest weakness because earlier the javelin he couldn't take out either. And Frank runs up on him. He has the other spear. And right before he's about to, you know, take out his vengeance. The creeper looks at him, and I know in his mind, he's like, oh, it's you. Like, I know he's like, damn, I, I wish I wouldn't have took your son at this point, because now you fucking up the rest of my dinners. I know he's regretting killing Billy. He's like, fuck, I could have just left him. I could have had this whole bus full of people tonight. But now we got Frank Sr., who you know, all up in arms, because I killed his son yesterday, getting his revenge. But yeah, as, as soon as he sees Frank, he, he's still trying but I know that passed through his mind uh, he's like fuck but he still tries he's trying to get the spear out of his head and Frank's like uh-uh you, you, you no no I didn't do all this work you didn't kill my son you didn't kill all these people just just for me to let you go like sir you're not getting your 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 23rd day of this year it's ending a bit early so Frank starts stabbing The ever loving shit out of him. And eventually, his 23rd day is up and his body starts like receding and cocooning on itself. And Frank is still not satisfied, even though he's dying or not even really dying, I guess, hibernating. He still keeps stabbing it. We cut to 23 years later. We see that Jeepers Creepers is now hanging in Frank Jr. and Sr.'s shed he is like strung up, his wings are displayed and they're charging $5 to be seen and $5 for a picture of it. And there's these three teenagers and he lets them know like this thing, you know, I killed it myself. It should be coming alive any day now. And the teens are very skeptical and they end up asking him like, do you think we should believe you? Like this thing looks fake. And he lets them know yo I don't really care if you believe me but it will be back in just a day or two and stick around if you want to see something basically then they look back at it all ominously and it cuts to black and that's the end of the movie and again why didn't they saw it in half why didn't they saw the appendages off why didn't they try to burn it to ashes like bury it a million feet deep they didn't do nothing they just strung it up where anybody could get to it and it could get to anybody, and they basically hope for the best, because I'm sure if they did a third movie picking up from that scene, you'd have seen Frank Sr. get torn apart, and probably Frank Jr. too, but whatever happened, we know that it's still up and kicking, because again, in Jeepers Creepers 3, it's terrorizing a town, so yeah, I mean, whatever he thought his plan was, it clearly didn't work, but we're at the end of the film, our BPR, our black people rating, guys, okay, we had many black characters, our main one was DeAndre, and was he a significant character, yes, he was, um, he wasn't exactly a side character, he was pretty much one of the main characters, um, was he believable, I say so. He put up with racism as best he could. Uh, he was working on, you know, not killing the racist guy on his team because he didn't want to be that guy. And even after he was completely insulted, disrespected by the racist white guy, he still helped him as he was about to get killed. And while, well, while both of them were going to get killed, really. So was he a believable character? Yes, completely. And did he live? Yes. Even though his leg bone was sticking through his skin and he got flipped out of a truck bed and had to crawl for his life and almost got killed, he still did live. So I'm honestly going to give this movie, Jeepers Creepers 2, I want to say four out of five Afro picks because yes, he lived. Yes, he did go through a lot of bullshit to live, but there were two or three other insignificant black characters and we don't know if they died we don't know if they lived or died so just for that alone I can't give it a full five afro picks so again I'm giving this one four out of five afro picks which is still really high still a great score like I said DeAndre he went through some bullshit he got through it he's gonna have more than a couple scars but at least he lived and he has a great story to tell his friends and family Oh, but honestly, what if Jeepers Creepers like picked him off later? Like what if since he didn't get him, he gets them next 23 years? Oh, I didn't even think about that. But as far as we know, DeAndre's live and kicking and, you know, living his life. So again, four out of five Afro picks. That's my rating. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you want to tell me what you think the rating should be, or if you want to give me some recommendations, hit me up on Twitter at Black Horror Pod or on my email at blackhorrorpodcast at yahoo. See y'all next time.